0: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and John on Score North and scorenorth.com. You know, it it was a little bit of a different game. Um, You know, we ended up, uh, you know, giving the lead away and then having to figure out a way to hold it for a minute and then come back again uh, to do something at the end. But again, kind of another character type uh, game. We're playing against a a good team that's going to kind of force the action and and make us play well. I mean, frankly, that's what it's going to be. And and I think we did. I think we, we Played uh, well enough to stay in the game and then made something happen at the end of the game. And, I mean, it was, it was a nice effort.
1: Rocco Baldelli talking about the Twins winning two of three from the Rays. Welcome in to talking Twins. Zolgad back after a two-week Viking-related absence. Jake DePew, as always, on the show and executive producer and co-host as well. Declan Goff. All right, boys, I'm going to ask you a question. Am I justified in being more than mildly miffed? that the Twins have now taken two of three from three Mm -hmm. consecutive first-place teams. And I know that things have changed. Barrios is gone. Robles is gone. Plenty of moves have... Cruz is gone. Plenty of moves made. But start with you, Jake. Um, In some ways, don't you say, where was some of this? Because the early season schedule was so easy compared to this. And, like, I'm not saying that the Twins should be in in first place, the White Sox are really good. But I am saying there's a level of competitiveness now with the pressure completely gone that I'm frustrated to watch this and be like, you've put me through a summer of absolute crap, and now we get this? Am I wrong?
0: Um, no, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think I think it's justifiable for for anyone to be frustrated who follows this team uh, because, like you said, like where was this? all year uh, now that the pressure is off and they're totally out of contention. They have this 10 game stretch where they look really good. I mean, three out of four against Houston two out of three against Chicago and Tampa. I mean, those are all first place clubs. They do look very good. Um, So, no, I I think you have a right to be frustrated. Uh, To be fair, you know, I mean, we've been complaining about how poorly they've played all year. So maybe it's a little disingenuous to then also complain about them playing well, (laughs) you know. Um, So I think it is nice to see. This, this stretch, even though it, it's meaningless, right? I mean, like it's meaningless in terms of win, wins and losses. It's nice to see some of the individual performances. And I think that's kind of what I'm looking at more mm-hmm. is like, what is the reason behind this good stretch of play? Um, and when you look at the starting pitching, that that's the number one reason because they during this 10-game stretch, they they're only averaging four and a, four point four runs uh per game offensively. Um uh, it's just that they're giving up far fewer runs uh in terms of their pitching. They're they've given up four point four runs per game also um in terms of their pitching, which is uh almost a run less than, than their season average. So it's really been the pitching uh that's finally stepped up after a whole summer of being really bad. Uh, you know, and specifically Maeda uh and Bailey Ober, uh and then Griffin Jacks and uh uh Alex Colome, you know, I mean, it, I have to, you know, we've got to give credit to Colome. I mean, he's been absolutely horrendous all season, but during this really nice stretch since the trade deadline, he's had uh, seven and a third scoreless innings. And I think he has like five saves and a win in there. So like he's pitched well. So it's the pitching that stepped up. So it's nice to see, it's nice to see them be competitive and, and, and play good games against these really strong teams. But yeah, I mean, obviously the, the follow-up is where has this been all year? So kind of a double-edged sword there I guess
2: Jax yeah it's, it's it's been more frustrating I think than anything uh, I went to the game as a fan yesterday it was the first time I went went as a fan in probably four or five months and um and in fact it, when they were doing the starting lineups and I had no idea who Charlie Barnes was I even I was like who the hell is Charlie I did the I literally did the major league who the hell is Charlie Barnes or yeah like I I had, I had no idea who he was he actually pitched pretty well um but in general when they're taking when they're taking these series against Houston and Tampa Bay, it's yeah, it's, it's it's I guess it's good and and starting pitchers are starting to look better. And I know we're, we're going to get into that too, maybe. But it's it's more frustrating than anything because this is exactly what I wanted starting in basically this it's from from the, from, the, from opening day, and we haven't been able to get that. So I, it's good that other players are starting to step up and turn things around. But I think if anything, I, I'm more frustrated by by it than I than I probably should have
1: been. I think I wouldn't be frustrated if this was just an okay team that started to excel. And then you're like, okay, you know what? This bodes well for 2022 if there's baseball, but yeah, like Dex just said, to go back to opening day and our expectations of what we thought that this team could do. And there's no excuse. There's no reason why this team was that bad for that long. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Um, I know baseball is random and weird, but nonetheless, to be as bad as they were, especially against some bad teams, I think that's what throws me. And here's the problem. So for me personally, and Jake, I'm, I'm not sure if you make the same thing about this that I do, but um, I so I watch the success now, and it's good to see some of the pitchers starting to pitch well because that, that's good news. I totally get that. But I got to be honest, I don't know totally what to make of this. So it's not like I look at this whole thing and I'm like, okay, you know what? Just an off year, 2022, if we have baseball, this team is set. It looks to be in good shape. I'm almost having problems now processing this.
0: Yeah, and that's totally fair. I, I, I would not be overly optimistic for 2022, personally. I, I, I'm i certainly not. I, I think they're going to be fun in 2022 because I think they're going to be young and athletic, and some of these guys like Austin Martin and Royce Lewis are going to come up and hopefully some of the pitching prospects. But I do think if there's baseball in 2022, we're looking at probably around a 500 team. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they obviously exceed that. It'd be, it'd be a fun story. Um, but I think they're at least – a year away from really being competitive for even a wild card spot. Like I, I look at the, all these pitching prospects and you know, they, they do have a lot and assuming that they can finally actually develop some of them and some of them become rotation stables and, and some of them, you know, go into the bullpen and do well there. I, I think it's more like 2023 when, when we're going to see some of the fruits of that labor. Um, so yeah, I mean, I as far as processing this, I think it's really just a nice 10-game stretch in a miserable season, and they're clearly in at least a, a, a mini-rebuild here. You don't trade away Jose Barrios and Nelson – well, Cruz is a free agent, but you don't trade away Jose Barrios if you intend on really being competitive in 2022, so – um you know, there's a good chance there won't be a season or it'll be abbreviated. And maybe that's their best chance. If it's like a, an 80 game or a hundred game season and there's expanded playoffs, maybe they can get hot and pull kind of like what a Marlins, the Miami Marlins did last year and sneak into the playoffs. That's that might be their best chance. But realistically, yeah, I I think, I think I would set your expectations pretty low until 2023. And if we are wrong and surprised by them in a positive way, then that's great. But I'm not banking on that.
2: Yeah, it, unless the pitching every starting pitcher that they've had, basically if like Bailey Ober takes this insane step and Joe Ryan is as good as advertised and maybe they're a free agent or trade savviness where they find a starting pitcher that turns into, you know, a Kenta Maeda situation where he basically is in the running for Cy Young. Like that's a lot of ifs and hopings and buts to make sure that happens. So they, I think they will be better in 2022 um, to Jake's point. That should be more fun. We'll be able to see more of the prospects and more of these guys taking the other steps, but Unless everything goes correct in like the hundredth percentile, they're probably not going to be relevant in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three is probably the better target to shoot for.
1: So Jake, which which young arms do you like right now? So if you had, had to bank on who's probably going to be or who stands the best chance of being in the opening day rotation two thousand twenty two potentially, who have you seen that you've that you think has a solid chance to contribute?
0: Um, as far as at the big league level, definitely Bailey Ober. So out of these three guys that that have come up uh, this year, Bailey Ober, Griffin Jackson, and uh, Charlie Barnes, I, I'm most excited about Ober by far. And there are a couple of reasons for that. Um, first of all, his velo has gone way up. You know, he was in the 88 to 90. He sat 88 to 90 throughout really his minor league career um and he's now sitting 92 93 and touching 94 that's a huge difference and the slider velo is also up so apparently he put in a lot of work during the pandemic uh and and it's paying off for him and so he's always had pinpoint control he has high strikeout rates or he did in the minors uh so when you combine the uptick in velo with the control uh, i actually think that he has a real shot to be a mid-rotation starter uh the home runs are concerning. He's given up a ton of home runs in the big leagues. That wasn't an issue for him in the minors, so hopefully that will level off a little bit. Uh, but if he can get that home run rate down, I actually think they might have found something in Bailey Ober. And that six foot nine frame uh, makes him more intriguing because it, it changes the eye level for for opposing hitters. So I, I am I am actually more excited about him than than maybe when he came up originally at, at um, in what like May. Uh, as far as Griffin Jackson, Charlie Barnes. I think Jack's profile is more as like I think his ceiling is more like fifth starter. I just don't think he misses enough bats. Um he does have really good control. It's a great story obviously. Uh but but I I, I just don't think he misses enough bats to be anything more than a fifth starter or a mop-up guy. Charlie Barnes really hasn't dominated at any l- high level. Like he wasn't that great in 2019 in the high minors. Um his fastball struggles to get to 90. He doesn't miss a lot of bats. I, I I'm less Excited about him, and then and then as far as the guys coming up, like Dex said, Joe Ryan. I mean, that, that's Texas guy, and, and I'm really excited about Joe Ryan too. Uh, he's got that elevated fastball that that sits in the the low 90s. He he pitched well in a, a really high pressure environment in the Olympics, um, and he's looked. You know, he has good minor league numbers, and he was developed by the Rays, <laughs> and I, I I trust the Rays and develop Not his developed Not developed by the Twins. <laughs> no, no, exactly. So I, I, I'm I'm excited about Joe Ryan. I'm really excited about. Uh, if he can stay healthy and Duran Duran, obviously that's an issue. And Josh winders on the IL with, with arm issues. So that's a good concerns there. I know, I know it's not good. And Winder, it seems like isn't as big a deal. Uh, at least that's what they're saying. Who knows? Um, Duran's been shut down for a long time now. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's, a, that's a real concern. Um, Matt Canarino. So Matt Canarino is only at high A, but man, he just came back from injury. He pitched three innings yesterday, struck out eight guys. So eight out of the nine outs he recorded wow. were on strikeouts. And he, he that's who he is. I mean, he's a big-time um, strikeout guy. So I'm excited about him, but he's probably more 2023. So if you're looking at opening day 2022, I think Ober, uh, hopefully Balazovic and Duran, um, and Joe Ryan are all in that mix for me.
2: Yeah, I actually I texted my sources at the St. Saint Paul Saints asking when uh this rotation was gonna come out because they are home, I believe, for the next week and a half and they have a double header on Tuesday. So I'm hoping to get out there and actually uh put on my scouting hat and watch Joe Ryan from the press box. Um uh, but I'm I'm bullish on him too. Um it, clearly the Rays know pitching. You you don't definitely want to fall into a trap where you know, like are, the Rays are really, really good and when they know when to punt on someone, right? Mostly fine, for <laughs> financial reasons, not necessarily for developmental reasons. Um, but I, I think of all the guys they got back, I think he's of the pitching prospects. At least I think he's the one that probably we're going to be circling and watching towards um for the end of this year and probably into spring
1: training and into 2022. All right. I've got questions. I've got questions and you guys are going to help me out. Okay. Because there are some things that uh, Rocco and the boys are still doing that. I don't get. Let's start with this one. Andrelton Simmons. Why? Okay, I get you couldn't trade him, all right? So, like, I'm going to take that off the table because I said trade him in June. And they, they were like, well, we tried at the deadline and we couldn't. What is the incentive? And he didn't start on Sunday. He he went into the game when Astadio actually got hurt and they flipped a rise from second to third, Polanco to second, and put Simmons in the game. In short. Um, why is he playing every day still? Can it, anybody help me with that? Like, is there any? Is, am I missing something here? Do I not get. Polanco can play shortstop. I'm not saying he's as good defensively, but you know what? Simmons, while he's got a cannon for an arm and still is fun to watch at times, hasn't exactly lit the world on fire at shortstop, and he's brutal at the plate. What's the incentive when you're trying to learn about your team? And I'm not even going to bring up other guys that could be playing. I'm just saying flat out, why does he play? almost every day
0: um I, that's a question that i've been asking myself for the last two months at least uh it, it just i've said this repeatedly we've all said this on this podcast but he just doesn't have value to a losing team like his whole value comes in his defense you know and so if you're a winning team you, you there's a there is a lot of value in having a very good defensive shortstop although like you said judd um he has he's still been very good defensively, there's no question. Uh, but he has made uh more mistakes than I think I thought we would see out of him. He he had a he had a big error uh in the game yesterday. Um so but yeah, I just you know he's got a five fifty-eight OPS. I, I just don't understand playing him every day. If you want him in the clubhouse for a veteran presence and we can debate that too (laughs) um you know he uh, he was you know he was tweeting
2: uh over the weekend or i guess uh, the responses
1: were a week ago (laughs) interesting i
2: couldn't figure out he was talking about i I have a good hunch on what he was talking about
1: he's saying he's saying that the vaccine is unnecessary and bogus and a lot of twins fans said look at your play (laughs) speaking of unnecessary and bogus look at how you've been performing
0: that that was basically the gist of it. Um, I, I don't want to get into a huge vaccine debate because I, I know there are different opinions on that. Me personally, I'm, I'm get the vaccine, right? Like that's my view, but like, you know, the twins couldn't have been super happy about seeing that tweet. Um, so I, I'll say that yes. it's like, like right. it, it, that's not something that, that I'm sure, you know, they were pumped about. Uh, but, but aside from all that, like if you want him on the roster, To to plug in at shortstop when maybe you have a ground ball pitcher on the mound and maybe it's a young guy, a a Griffin Jacks, somebody like that. I I get that. I get still keeping it on the roster because it's not like there's a huge group of people at AAA that you could replace him with right now. But why he's playing every day, I don't understand at all. Like – I we've talked about this ad nauseum, but Nick Gordon should be up and he should be playing there a- among other positions. You could call up Jose Miranda. Uh, Jose Miranda is having an unbelievable year. He's a third baseman, uh, but you can, you know, mix and match, uh, you know, put Polanco at, at short or, you know, arise the second, whatever. Um, I-, I just, it-, it makes no sense to me. Simmons is on a one-year deal. Like it- it- he's not providing any offensive value. Uh, I-, I, You know, I'd, I thought he would be gone. I thought he'd be traded, and if they didn't trade him, I thought they'd DFA him. So, right. I don't know, Dex, what do, you, what do you think? Am I missing something? Like, no. why, why is he still playing this every day? This is a mystery. I,
2: I, I wasn't as um, guns a that Judd was, like, basically June 1st, of, like, stop playing him. He did, there's no point playing him. I understood why what they were doing here. Uh, but now, now that the trade deadline has passed, and even with the Twins playing better ball, um, th- this guy's unplayable. I, I, I brought up this statistic to Jake last week and it's been a week since and nothing's, nothing's changed in the last 60 games. So 200 at bats for him. He has an OPS of 490. He's hitting 200. Like, yes, his defense is obviously known for his deep. Like this offense, th- this bat is not playable in the lineup at all. We can rag on Miguel Sano for striking on a tumble. You know what? He will park a baseball in the seat so you can sacrifice a little bit of batting average there. He can also draw a walk. Th- th- Across the board, statistically, Andre Ellington Simmons should not be near anything on a lineup on with any team right now. He should be cut tomorrow. I don't. I do not understand what the hell he's still doing on the roster.
1: Don't get it at all. I think that's completely fair. He is. He is the essence of old school. Back when I was a kid, shortstops. He can't hit. He can field. But those guys, again, right now. Jake's exactly right. He's useless on this team. Like, he's literally useless. He's literally, unless you just want his defense for a game at a time, at different times, there is no reason. And by the way, the thing that's that's so blatantly obvious is, for now, put Polanco back at shortmore because we've seen this now. Luis Rice is a second baseman. He's not a third baseman. He can play there, but I've seen him launch too many balls that go flying into the stands. Um, he doesn't look comfortable in left. I know we all say left fields easy. Well, it's probably not, okay? But Arise is a competent, decent second baseman. If nothing else, free up second base for him again, if he's going to be there. Um, this is one that and but I mean it's so easy. Like that's what that's why I asked the question. Because I swear I'm not seeing something that the twins must be seeing because if they're just saying, "Oh no, we have to play them, you're idiots." and these people aren't complete morons, I don't think. So anyway, um, second thing I've got a question about, how does a team that is managed by a guy who, if I have a hangnail, will bolt out of the dugout to check on me <laughs> and <laughs> that will IL a guy at a moment's notice. How do they get talked into by? And God bless him for this. He's a competitor. Josh Donaldson, you guys, I went to the game, so did Dex on Sunday. Literally cannot run. (laughs) He cannot move. Like, I could outrun him right now. I'm 51 and overweight. How do you not IL this guy in a lost season? And Jake just said it. Call up the kid from AAA. I know you know service time. Bleep your service time. Um, Josh Donaldson playing to me for a non-competitor makes zero sense. Yeah, he, there was a.
2: there wasn't. He actually had an RBI in the first inning. He knocked in a nice run. Put yeah, the ball on the other side. Hit. It was. It was still good. And then I believe in the third inning, he had a you, ground ball on the left side. I and and I, I think that's when you sent out the same tweet. And the person I was with literally goes, "Why? Why is he so slow?" And I, I was like, "He's not slow. Like he has a bad hamstring." Oh, then why is he playing? Uh, I got, he's got a good bat. Like I really don't know. Can like, I give you,
1: it, it was, it's it was crazy watching him try to trot down uh, a brief description of what I observed. Okay. Josh trying to run and Dex, I, I'm not sure if you concur with this or not. It literally looks like he's trying to run from his hips. Like he's yeah. trying not to use his hamstring. Um, he waddles like he looks like a fat guy who's drunk trying to run. Um. I just don't get, get that one, Jake. That that one, like this team is so eager to IL guys. Why wouldn't you want to IL this guy and at least give him some time? Because I'm afraid at some point that sucker's going to pop. Like he's running like, oh my God, I can't do this. And that sometimes is a precursor to the hamstring just went.
0: Yeah, it it it's strange because it, like you said, it doesn't align with how they treat Seemingly every other player on the roster, which is like you're, you know, very quick to make IL moves, pull guys out of the game immediately if there's any, um, any sense at all that they could be hurt. Like we saw that with a rise last week. Judd, you and I were texting about that. Uh, they pulled a rise uh, from from the game in like the middle of an at bat, I think, or maybe right after the at bat. No. And a rise was like, he, he no. was like in a, the middle, in the middle, in the middle, yeah. And right. he got in like the cameras caught. It. He got in like kind of an argument with. Uh, with one of the twins trainers, uh, he clearly didn't want to be pulled, uh, and then he played. I think the next day or the day after that. So yeah, they're very very quick to pull guys and to and to put them on the IL, and that's just not been the case with Donaldson. You know, Donaldson since August, in the month of August, he started two games at third base. Uh, he's missed a bunch of of games while not being on the IL. He's been a, a DH in the others. So yeah, I mean, I think it's clear. That the leg issues are bothering him. And like you said, he can't run right now. So, my guess, and I, I, this is just a guess, but I think Donaldson probably calls the shots and when he goes on the IL a lot more than most players on that roster. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes. Yeah. But I mean, when I, when I see a guy that literally can't move right, if you're concerned about guys, I'm concerned about that. The Meadows at Mystic Lake has modified its golf policies to follow the COVID-19 public health recommendations and welcomes you to play this award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic golf experience. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is a full-service golfing destination, enhanced by nearby food and entertainment, including the Meadows Bar and Grill and Mystic Lake Casino Hotel. It's never too early to book a tee time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com, owned and operated by Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux Community. I don't think right. you can, I don't think you can, I don't think a doctor would say that you can play through a potential hamstring problem and say he can't damage it more. Like, there always seems to me to be the fact that that ordinarily in sports, it can go. And if it goes, I don't know, he might be done. Anyway, it just seems odd to me.
0: No, I agree. And if you're if you're trying to keep him, you know, we'll see if they try to move him in the offseason. But if you're keeping him for next year, even as just a DH, uh, because you determine that he can't play in the field anymore. uh, What value does does it really give? You know, there's no value in playing him right now every day. Um, The value would be in preserving his legs. And getting him as healthy as you can going into next season, and seeing what Nick Gordon and Jose Miranda can do at the big league level, especially Gordon, who I believe is out of options after this season. Like I, I, I've gone on this rant several times on this podcast, but like it makes no sense to me that he's at AAA. No sense. Like they're playing him all over the diamond. He's playing at second and third and left field and short and center at AAA. Just why can't he do that in the big leagues? Like he's been in AAA on and off since 2018. Right. Um, and then Jose Miranda, like, is having. This, he's having one of the best seasons of any prospect anywhere. Like, so you could plug him right in at third base and play him every day. So yeah, to me, I, I think maybe this is just Josh saying, I want to go out there and play and set an example for my teammates to play through injuries, but it's, uh, I, if I was the Twins, I would I would put him on the IL and and let him and let him rest. There's just no reason for him to be getting at bats uh, in a lost season like this. So you, you just don't need him. And he changed his running style to run more with his hamstrings, I think, right, and less with his calves. Yeah. And but now understand. he has hamstring issues. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and now he's running. I swear to God, he's 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 wobbling like with his hips. I can't even describe it. But it's like he's trying to not use his legs.
0: Right. So I mean, there's clearly an issue here. Uh, um, and, and I just we don't know, we don't have access and they don't talk about this stuff, but like, I've got to think that this is partly Donaldson. I'm right? sure you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gotta be. Um, and they don't do that with Buxton. You know, they put Buxton on the IL right away when he says he's ready to go. So, um, right. You know, clearly they treat different players differently and I get Donaldson has a lot of credibility and he's a veteran and all that. But um, yeah, if I was the twins, I would let him get healthy.
1: All right, there's two guys in this town that continue to have jobs with their respective teams and be given chance after chance after chance, and I think it's one of the biggest mysteries in recent Minnesota sports that I've seen. Dakota Dozier continues to get chances at guard for the Vikings, which I don't get. And then there's yesterday's starting center fielder, Dive J. Cave. Oh, my God. This might be, like, the previous two things – I'm confused about, but I think I, but this might be the worst one. What is the upside to Jake cave being here? And can we please get him off the roster and out of the organization? So whomever is, is fascinated with him playing can lose the ability to write him on the lineup card. Like I, this is one I don't understand. I don't get, I mean, this guy has literally cost you Akil Badu, Lamont Wade Jr. And you continue to play. I'm like, Oh yeah, it worked out. No, it didn't work out at all. It's a disaster.
2: Dex, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go with that one. Uh, I I would be shocked. And this would be the Dakota Dozier comparison for Judd. If, if this dude is tendered a contract because, because he's still under team control, uh, for a while, and he can get earliest arbitrations in 2022. I'd be absolutely floored. Um, there, there, there is no point. Also, to be having this guy, I'd, I'd rather take my chance and find, you know, fourth outfielder X on a free agent wire. Um, he provides absolutely no offensive, and really even defensive uh, prowess. Uh, the, the, the 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 like biggest Jake Cave moment, I think that stands out to me. And I, I I've, I've mentioned it, I believe, on a, on a podcast before. Uh, it was. 2019, it was near the deadline. Jed, I think you were actually in the room for this. It was Falvey was holding court in in the press conference because the trade deadline was coming up, and reporters were asking him questions just about the deadline stuff. And in, in the and as Falvey's talking, there's a play that's happening on the TV screen because the Twins are playing a game live, where Jake Cave dives for a ball and just like absolutely blunders the ball. Like he had no point in diving for the ball goes behind him, and Falvey in mid sentence as he's you know trying to give an answer to a trade deadline stops and just goes. Huh. Okay. Like, wa- clearly, watched the Jake Cave play happen. Was so frustrated by it that it literally stopped his train of thought from from a question. This was two years ago when he was still borderline playable. Right. But this guy is still stuck around ever since then. Um, I don't get it. I, I I would I would assume this guy's as good as gone. But man, if if he's tendered a second contract, I would be shocked.
0: Yeah, I mean, their fasc- their fascination with Cave is just it defies any. Logic to me. I mean, his his numbers. He he was good in eighteen and nineteen. Uh, again, he had the diving issues, obviously in the field. Um, but his offensive numbers were pretty good. But this past two years, okay. So I, I knew we were going to talk about Cave. So I looked this up. 2020, 2021 slashing one ninety-nine, two sixty-seven on base, three twenty-seven slugging, five ninety-five OPS. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's unplayably bad. Um, that he's basically been Andrew Elton Simmons this year at at the plate over the last two years. Um. Like like, Judd said, they it, it cost him Lamont Wade, Akil Batu. You know, uh, they traded him for Luis Heal back in 2018, who's now pitching incredibly well for the Yankees. Um, I just don't quite understand why what he's still doing here. Like he's like Dex said, he's arbitration eligible. So are you going to actually pay him in arbitration? You know, I mean, I get he'd be cheap in the first year of arbitration, but still, you're probably looking at eight or nine hundred thousand. Uh, like like. It, it just, I, I don't even know what to really say about it. Like it, it's nothing against cave as a guy, but like the numbers are just so bad that, um, you know, and they have so many other options. Like what, wh- what's going on here? Like, I, I i don't know if this is Falvey and Levine um, saying, well, we've already committed so much by, you know, moving Wade and Badu and we traded for him. And, and so they don't want to give up on him for that reason. I think that could be part of it for sure, but he just hasn't produced at all, at all. Uh, you have tons of outfield uh, options that are either here or on the cusp, um, and you're not going to tender him a contract in arbitration. So, why, like, why? So, Nick Gordon should be getting those at bats, right? Like, I just, I, I don't get it. And he has an option, so you could even just send him down if you don't want to remove him from the forty men. You could at least send him to St. Paul. Um, you know, they haven't sent him down once. You know, he was this year. He was on the sixty day IL, but he never actually got sent down. Uh, you know, he. he so I, I just. What is it? I mean, Joe. What do you think? Like, what is it? Just that they they're, they feel like they're committed to him because they've they've traded for him and they've given up other players. Like, wh- wh- what is it? Why is he still here?
1: I have no idea. But the problem, in my opinion, is it speaks volumes about their ability or inability to evaluate talent. That's my problem. Exactly. Like, it's it's not just him. It's the guys that he's cost them as as you just said, Jake. Not only in a trade but also in deciding not to put Akil Badu on the 40-man roster, in deciding that Lamont Wade Jr., who you raved about, I think, for a couple of years and certainly a lot last year, as being a really smart player who could do things. And they were clear like, ah, oh, no, 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 that's not true. And now he's been, you know, a significant contributor to a really good and surprising Giants team. So it's more my it's more my concern is twofold, which is, one cave just being here but two it's like how are you evaluating things like where where does your evaluation go so wrong and i understand you're going to make some bad trades but where does your evaluation so go so wrong that you can't even make the right decision about your 40 man like if you lose a guy occasionally i get that but like this was crystal clear Cave off the 40 man and look He'd be at St. Paul right now. Like, he's a quad A guy. He'd be fine there. If you could assure me that he's going to to St. Paul and never coming back to play for the Twins, I'd send him there. That's fine. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, but there have been, in my opinion, one of the most troublesome things about 2021 from the Twins' perspective is decisions. Decisions on personnel, decisions on pitching, and... You know, there there were definitely some things throughout the course of 19 and 20 that concerned you a bit, but they won two divisions. They were good teams. I mean, they, they were in 19 downright surprising. This year feels like it's all sort of like all of the small brush fires that you saw have become one big fire. And I have some real questions now if these guys can put that fire out and know exactly what they're doing, which was certainly not a question that I had going in to 2021.
0: I mean, if I think if you had to pick one theme from this podcast all season, it's been why why do we trust Falvey and Levine anymore? I think that's what the three of us have hit on them about repeatedly. Like you can, you can rip individual players and in their performance, and that's certainly valid, but um, it's really when you look at the big picture, how many whiffs they've had in free agency, and on trades and who they put on the 40-man versus who they don't, it's really adding up now. And I think all those decisions have, you know, set the foundation for this awful season that they're going through. Um, And so, you know, just because uh, they're smart guys and they seem like nice guys, that doesn't mean that they're doing a good job. Like you evaluate them based on their performance and that's it, you know, and their performance right now, when you, again, when you break down the, Breakdown free agency and trades and all that it, it's it really doesn't look good for them at all nope. um i would give them one more year to see if they can develop all of these prospects that they now have at double a AA and triple a and if they can then okay they've bought themselves more time but like this is it now like if they don't perform in 2022 uh to me it's sort of like you have to start talking having different conversations because they've had five years now. They've made a lot. They have made some good decisions, but they've made a lot of bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And to have this type of season when you're supposed to be a world series contender, uh, it's a red flag. There's no question.
1: All right, boys, I think we're done. Let's, uh, let's actually tease for n- next week to the stock game because we're going to need more to talk about yeah. here. <laughs> we're going to need plenty more to talk about because I don't think that the twins can win a- enough consecutive series to actually make 2021 feel okay. So he's Jake DePue, Declan Goff, I'm Judd. Thanks for uh, tuning in, Talking Twins.
0: Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or mac and cheese with Murray's English cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.
1: This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, bike plus, or tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you.